Hey there, John here. Now, not even popping a bottle yet. None of that stuff. Completely raw. I want to get to something really quick before we get to the show. Um, after I recorded this episode, I launched Outside the Box Facebook Ad Design, a brand new workshop. So I've talked a lot over the last few weeks about how I'm going to take a new approach to products and creating content and going away from the courses. Instead, I'm going to do a workshop every two months. So again, this first workshop is Outside the Box Facebook Ad Design, where you can create powerful ads that your audience will beg to see. And I've talked a lot about that. Some people already called me crazy for saying, my audience won't beg to see them. That's what happened to me. So um, this is going to happen on April 1st. Just go to johnlumer.com slash OTB, and it'll take you to this landing page to, to buy the workshop. So if you're not a Power Hitters Club member, it's $147. If you are, are a Power Hitters Club member, it's $20. Happens on April 1st. It's 90 minutes. And uh, it will be recorded if you can't be there. So uh, during that 90 minutes, you're going to learn the following. A proven system for building an audience that converts. A dis- four distinct ways to target for specific actions. A thorough understanding of when to successfully use each bidding method and a new outlook on advertising and fresh ideas for approaching effective campaigns. So join me there, johnlimber.com slash OTB. Pull up a bar stool. Put on your hard hats. This is going to be the construction edition of the Social Media Pubcast. You'll see why or hear why very, very soon. We're just going to roll with it, man. Uh, I'm going to have a friend of mine on the show today, Andrew Foxwell. We're going to talk about the long game. We're talking about uh, seeing the light with dark social media. We're going to talk a little bit about topic data and what that might mean for you. Lots of stuff to talk about. And uh, I've got my green beer. It's got stuff floating around in it. You'll find, I'll explain why in a minute. kind of grosses me out, but we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. John here from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Today, we've got a construction edition. We've got some construction going on in my basement. We actually... Part of that is working on my new studio slash office, so I'm excited about that. But it could be loud every once in a while, so we're just going to roll with it. We're not going to make this perfect. Uh, But I'm inviting today my friend Andrew Foxwell. How's it going, Andrew? Hey, it's going really well, and thanks for having me. It's good to be here in the construction zone. (laughs) That's right. So uh, today, a little special, it is uh, St. Patrick's Day. What What are you working on over there? Tell you what, got a Guinness in hand, and I am not ashamed to say it today. You're, so. you're a smart man. I, I, I feel painfully naked right now, and the fact that I don't have a Guinness. And like, I, I've had a Guinness, I swear I've had Guinness like three of the last five episodes or something. But uh, I'm, this, I told you heading in there, I'm kind of disgusted by what I'm looking at. But I'm working on a blue moon that has green food coloring in it. And so it's a green beer, and by itself, that's nothing wrong with that. But Anyone who drinks these wheat beers, like this, this is my wife's beer. Like I said, I'm kind of going low on the beers right now, and uh, 
so the, these wheat beers, after a while, they've been sitting around. All that junk starts floating around. So I've got this green beer with a bunch of junk floating around in it. And it kind of looks like puke. But we're going to drink it. Well, you know what I say, John, on uh, good old St. Patrick's Day, Pug Mahon. Whatever you just said. Cheers to you, my man. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. And I'm still alive. I think I'm going to be okay. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, man, we're, we're actually preparing for a nice little trip coming up. Um, so, like I said, this is St. Patrick's Day, Friday the 20th. My family's heading out for bright and sunny San Diego for social media marketing world, but that we're going out a little early for a vacation. When are you guys heading out? We're heading out actually tomorrow, and we're going out early. <clears throat> going to be there for a while, see some friends, uh, and see actually some clients out there. And so really looking forward to that and be looking forward to, to being nice and warm and being on the beach and, and talking social media. Yeah. When, when are you starting the client stuff? Uh, we're going to see some clients next Monday and before our and actually maybe on Saturday. This coming Saturday, they, they have uh, invited us to go kayaking with them. Up well, that's Hawaii. not client work. So, hey, look, it's <laughs> always be closing, John. Are it you writing that off? Be closing. Yeah. It doesn't matter how I'm doing this. <laughs> we're doing whatever we uh, whatever is best for our business. And this is uh, this is it doesn't get better than kayaking with a client. That's a client for life. That's a good deal. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because uh, I actually brought it up on last week's episode, Andrew, if you didn't listen to it, um, how it's going to be kind of fun for me in that a lot, you know, normally I kind of go solo and um, I'm kind of like a awkward person socially with people I don't know. So so now I can feel like a cool kid walking around with you and John Robinson. We're like, ah, we know people. We know each other. We're the in crowd. Yeah, totally. It's a, that's, that's all we're going to do. I actually have a huge uh, necklace I'm wearing. It says John Lemur around. It's a big gold chain. It's really pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah, so it'll be fun, though. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, uh, that's, that's really my highlight of the year when it comes to any kind of event that I go to. It's not baseball-related. Um, oh, it'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to learning and, and listening. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, there, there's a few things, uh, you know, it's kind of breaking down what we could talk about today. Um, a couple of things. I mean, what, one topic I, I feel like I bring up a lot more these days, and I end up writing a blog post about it, pub- hitting publish at like 12.30 a.m. this morning. Um, and by the way, we're drinking beers at 9.30 in the morning my time right now, which is awesome. Uh, but the topic of the long game. So... And basically what this blog post about was about was basically explaining what the long game is, what the short game is, and, you know, briefly... Hey, it's also the doggy edition. There we go. <laughs> oh, man, she's actually biting that dude. That's awesome. So as we said, we have construction going on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we don't have to edit this out. Uh, no, this is good. I say keep it rolling. So like I said, we have construction going on. And these dudes never come up through the house. So whatever reason, this is only, this dude's own fault. He just came up from the basement through the house, and she felt like she had to, she had to protect this house. Well, this is her kingdom. Wow, that was. I mean, this scary. is one of the benefits of the kind of the life work life balance you talk about and starting your own business. These are the types of things that that you know that you're doing. The other day, I had a, a UPS man come and and drop off a gigantic package and ring the doorbell 18 times. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was on a call with somebody. So I mean, this is you know you kind of the you kind of weigh the the pros and cons there. Sometimes yeah. this stuff happens, but this is this is unfiltered. That is good stuff. Unfiltered, just like my beer here. Just like jump the beer. Yeah. So the long game. So essentially, I, you know, the way I've been looking at it is that you know a lot most marketers, uh, especially when it comes to Facebook ads, just marketing in general, look at it in a really tight. Uh, lens. I don't know if it's called a lens or what, but in terms of whether or not you succeed, it's like, okay, I spent $100 on this campaign. How much money came directly from it? Oh, we only made $50. What a waste of money. And I think that's a huge mistake because as a result, then what they don't do is do stuff like promote posts, promote blog posts or content or things that don't lead to an immediate sale, but could be laying the foundation, which I feel like is long game I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that yeah I, I think a lot of people you look at it and you look at um, you know kind of your other marketing channels you know say you're gonna do search engine marketing you know which is obviously a common thing people do demand capture um, and it can immediately return results because you're bidding on those keywords you, know, you look at something um, that you may also do uh, like uh, email newsletter or emails you know you're sending out emails you're bringing them through uh, and you know, I think it's it's about time that we as marketers stop viewing Facebook as a channel that operates equally uh, to the other platforms. It operates completely differently. And when you do it right, and when you have the opportunity to do it right, which is like you said, playing the long game, it takes time and it takes investment, but ultimately it pays off way more. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, I, I think a lot of times it's not necessarily the function of the advertiser or the person doing it. I think there's a lot of demands from clients. But, you know, what if we that are in, you know, those of us that are in the Power Hitters Club uh, and, and others, what if we started pitching uh, as Facebook marketers that long game? You know, look, I, I'm not I'm very sorry, but I'm not going to work with you unless we do a three to six month contract and right. we do this right. Yeah. We do, you know, we do that kind of blog post promotion. We bring people through the funnel. We've set up multiple website custom audiences. Um, and, and with the expectation that it will return ROI, maybe much greater than what you could have done with a shorter user acquisition campaign. Yeah. Um, but what if we did that? And I think, you know, my thoughts on it are, we are, if we collectively begin to push back on that um, and strive for higher quality, the, the advertising that people are going to you know, do and the kind of things they're going to be seeing from a results perspective are going to be much more sophisticated and much more impressive. Um, and it's going to be a program that will last longer. It's not going to be that short flash in the pan. Yeah, no, really good examples. And, um, you know, I think about the, the AdWords game, and I think that's partly to blame here, in that when, when you advertise on Google, you can advertise for people who have purchase intent. So playing the short game there makes a lot of sense. And actually, I'm not saying long game doesn't make sense there, but I can totally see why you don't play it. Like if, why you don't spend a lot of money promoting blog posts on Google. Um, so, so when you get to Facebook and they're playing that same game, yeah, I, I, the prime example I like to use is you got a business, they don't even have a website. All they have is a lead page that's not even on their domain, and they are driving sales or opt-ins through that. So, so, and they don't, they don't have, so they don't have any built-in website traffic. They haven't built an email list yet. 
they don't have any Facebook audience. They don't have any fans. They don't, they don't care about that. So they're running ads entirely at a cold audience driving to this lead page to get opt-ins and sales. And I, I hear from people regularly. I mean, like one-on-ones or people have a similar approach. I'm like, look, you might get a positive ROI on this. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately, if you do play the long game, you're making more of a commitment and investment in your business as well as the customer. And that's where long-term results, because when you play a short game, it's like bursts. Like I, in my blog post, I compared it to speed dating even, right? Where it's like, you can you can find that one person where you you know have this little, quick little relationship with, or you can like kind of lay a foundation, help build trust, help them understand what you're all about. So it's not just that you kind of con them into thinking you're a cool guy for a few minutes so they want to go on a date with you. It's you have over time shown what you're all about, so they're looking for you. They want you to. Buy, they're begging you to put out the next product. I think that's right. I mean. They collectively, um, kind of all of what you're saying, I think it's important to summarize that, uh, you know, we, we're capable of doing more. We're capable of saying it doesn't have to be flash in the pan. I think a question all of us get is how fast can we get this running? And what if your response was, how long do you have? Right. You know, and because ultimately that's going to make all of us much more successful. Um, and there's so many advanced strategies now that if you, even if you did that over a six period, six month period of time, even at a low level, people are going to be impressed with what they start to see. Um, it's it's kind of as as Scott Stratton from Unmarketing uh, talks about. Uh, I'm just reading his new book, and Scott talks about funnel vision, which is which I think is really interesting, right? Yeah. Talking about that focus on the sales funnel itself. Well. It's really everything else. It's really, um, you know, kind of. It's not just that. It's it's once they get there, they should convert quickly. Kind of what they do in your sense. You know, they're they've been they've been brought through. They get it. They understand the value. They love you, and that's the, and then they're going to make a purchase. So the sales funnel should go quickly. It's everything else that you're doing outside of that, providing value, contributing to the discussion, um, and that type of thing. And this can it doesn't have to just translate into the businesses that I think. Facebook marketing feel people feel like it works for right. It doesn't have to just be the um, you know e-commerce companies of the world. This can be companies that are let's say a large insurance company. Let's say they're a medium-sized car wash franchise chain. <laughs> I mean, yeah. th- this can translate across any sort of business, and you can get in front of people with with their um, with good content. You know you. It can get in front of them with the quality that you pay attention to them. So, you know, look, I'm here. Listen, by the way, here's a review somebody gave us recently. Martha J., I want to say thank you for that. You know, this doesn't have to just be anymore e-commerce or just online sales. This can be completely offline sales. And, and if you approach it with that long game, it can be beneficial across any vertical because the fact remains Facebook is the third most popular website in the United States. Facebook people log in more than any other social media platform and the power is there. So you can get in front of consumers. If you do this right and you provide them the value, it's yeah. going to benefit you more than you ever thought. Absolutely. It, it's funny because um, when, I, when I do the one-on-ones, uh, the first question I always ask is, how much web, website traffic do you get? 
And I think that when I ask that question, a lot of times I completely take people off guard and usually they don't have an answer for me, which is scary. First of all, you should know how much traffic you get. But and they don't always put two and two together in terms of why that's an important question when we're here talking about Facebook ads. And, and the truth is, if you first of all, you don't know what that audience is, it's probably small. If you don't have a website, if you don't get regular website traffic right now, if you don't have a big email list, if you don't have a big Facebook audience, then yeah, all you're doing is playing the short game. All you're doing is just trying to sell to a cold audience. And you can expect minimal results. I mean, and really where that we see that time and time again every single year is around the holidays. It's like, we haven't been investing ads all year. We're not driving traffic. We're not nurturing an audience. Let's pound everybody because we got to hit some quotas now and sell, sell some right, product. Right, right. And, uh, and the most competitive time of the year as well. So that's, that's why it's like, you know, it's, it's such an important part of my strategy, and I'm sure yours too, that when I have a new blog post, I am promoting that thing. I'm making sure that it's going to my fans, it's going to my website visitors already. Now, if I was starting over right now and I didn't yet have a big fan base, didn't have a lot of uh, website traffic, then yeah, I'd be targeting broadly to drive more of that, to increase that number even more. Because ultimately, and really kind of bring it, because this long game stuff can, can sound kind of abstract, but ultimately what I'm just trying to do is build an audience of people who know and trust me. So that's most easily done with just driving traffic. So if people have been to my website within the last 30 days or 14 days or whatever, however you want to measure it, I, that's, that's a warm audience that I can then try to get an opt-in from or sell to or you know, promote another blog post to. So um, I, no matter who you are, I mean, I hope you have a website. I hope you have something of value there that, that you can continue to drive people to uh, because that's ultimately that audience that you're building with that, that's the audience that's going to buy from you. That's why you need, need to grow that. Focus first on growing that. Anything else to add to that, man? I feel like I'm just preaching at this point. No, I think it's very, I think it's a very interesting topic, and I think it's something that separates what you say from, uh, and, and the strategies you preach versus what others push. Uh, you know, yours is not how to make a zillion dollars in five days <laughs> and it's it's how do how do we play the long game and and then but also how do we prove roi and how are we going to measure that and how are we going to do this the right way so there are ways that facebook can become your primary marketing channel by far uh and we know that as doing this for a long time and so i think having this be part of the discussion and everything that you talk about with your client if people are listening to this or advanced facebook advertisers which i know you are you know it's it's have that discussion have that discussion about not only expectations what do you expect what do you want from this but then say look i would like to go longer and here's why i would like to bring in your other content i would like to do other promotion to have this live in an ecosystem that is mutually supportive and if that's part of the discussion then overall your ads are going to be better and you're going to you're going to be seeing better results and they may not be as immediate but they're going to be much more long-lasting. So I think it's really important. Right, and, and we as the, the subject matter experts on that, and I'm talking, when I say we, I'm talking about, like you said, like all these advertisers who are dealing with these clients, we got to be clear with them that you will probably have, just expect a negative ROI in the beginning, especially if you have nothing to work with. But we're, we're building something here, and ultimately it's going to pay off. And and I, I was really, you know, I'm glad I have that experiment now to pull from to like show people this is kind of a long game. 
almost condensed in its condensed form in action, right? So it, it, it was kind of scary, and I'm sure some people thought it was crazy. Some people told me it was crazy. Spending over $3,000 to only promote uh, helpful content, exclusive content, that did not lead directly to a sale. And um, it, by itself, those like 12 tips that I served through that experiment, were that was a negative ROI, and some would say it a, a waste of money. But as we know, at the end of it, I don't, th- I don't know if I've you know kind of announced how much how the final results on this, but at a webinar at the end, 900 people targeted, 833 people registered, five cents per registration. I ended up getting 1,500 total email addresses to this campaign. But um, the result was I ended up during that webinar offering Power Hitters Club membership to them at a discount. And I got in 38 new members, which would be roughly a value of $25,000 from those people. Now, could I have spent $3,000 just promoting Power Hitters Club from the beginning and get that kind of return? I don't know. Uh, I doubt it. But then again, though, I'm also, if I were to do it now, I'd be targeting my, my fan base, my website visitors. So it's still not a cold audience. Could I have targeted people who don't know me, like using interests and lookalikes to get those kind of results? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just kind of a, a summary of, you know, the, the long game. Now, um, I need to, to drink some chunks real quick. <clears throat> I'm assuming you need a, an excuse to drink as well. So, cheers real quick. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So, this leads to an interesting topic you brought up. On your blog post uh, recently called Seeing the Light with Dark Social Media. Explain that to us. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, I would, most online marketers, you know, we measure success with you know, kind of a main KPI. It's going to be the click, right? And it's going to be that conversion. Um, you know, the, the little click, it measures the engagement. It helps us see basically uh, if the audience finds content valuable. Uh, or if it's going to be indicative of a future sale or action. But I think uh, this direct click, which is what we track, um, is, is what we look at now. But what if we actually pulled back? Uh, and what if we actually looked at only impressions? You know, in January, Facebook said that 90% of users who saw an ad and made an online purchase didn't actually even click. Um, and I think it's a pretty big deal. Uh, you know, that visual impression, uh, Facebook having, you know, users simply seeing a post, uh, but not necessarily clicking on it could be even worth more than a click. Um, and just because we measure on direct clicks right now, doesn't necessarily mean that's the right way. Uh, and anyway, so, so dark social media, there's, it, there's kind of a piece that, uh, became famous in 2012, actually from, um, the Atlantic, uh, writing about how they started to dig into this and they found out um, that Facebook was a much larger majority uh, of their traffic coming to their site um, because it was kind of trapped in their analytics. Hmm. So those of us that are on using Google Analytics or using Kissmetrics, you know, the Google Analytics example is when you look at your web traffic and you look at that source medium um, and let's say you tag with the Universal Tag Manager, the UTM's uh, hmm. links, uh, let's say you look at that, we all know that direct slash none, right? Which is like 
the, the black box right. of, yeah. of everything. Uh, and uh, that number, according to Facebook and some uh, new reports from Marketing Land and Chartbeat, uh, coming out and saying that number is going to go down and Facebook's mobile referral numbers are going to go up because Facebook is getting better at tracking this. Hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of different topics in this, right? One of them is the impressions right. uh, being very valuable. And maybe we haven't taken credit for what that has done for our business uh, because we're measuring on a click. The other part of this is that we, we know that we lose tracking. We know that we lose that from things like the secure browsing, HTTPS browsing, right? If somebody yeah. clicks on a link, those UTM parameters go away. Right. Uh, on mobile apps, it's common that you'll lose your, those UTM parameters. So that's that's also quite uh, you know quite a problem because you can't track. So all of this is to say, uh, you know, it may it may be more important. Facebook is probably even more important than you think it is right now. So, um, which is obviously a self-serving statement here. But um, it's a topic that I think is really interesting and one that I would challenge all of us in the industry that do Facebook marketing to make to our to clients and make to our, um, you know, to your boss or whatever, uh, you know, talk to them and say, look, I know that we see this, but it might also be more impactful. So that's the, that's kind of a general summation of, of the topic. Yeah, I, I, I still struggle a little bit with the value of the impression because like, I feel like. It, you know, Facebook can throw a lot of stats at us, um, and, and maybe they're accurate. But like end of the day, it's like they're they're trying really, really hard to show us how value just a, a standard impression is. And I just can't imagine that impression is worth. Um, I mean, try to. I'm, I'm trying to think of a comparison, but it's not like they, they just looking to having an ad being shown on their screen is the same, for example, as watching TV and being interrupted with an annoying commercial because you actually did see that annoying commercial, whereas with an impression, I don't really know. Now, so even when um, we ha I have com conversion reports, you know, I'm, I always make sure to break it down a little bit to see, okay, well, how many of these conversions were via the view? Because I, 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 I'm not trying to completely discount them. I think they contributed. But ultimately, if, if they didn't click through, then it, then it wasn't that ad that was the main factor. It was a contributing factor, right? Cause right. Because if they clicked it, then we know that it was, it, that's pretty much what did it. Whereas you have to guess in terms of what, what level of contribution it made, because it, honestly, it may have made no contribution. It's possible. And that, especially if you're like me and you target um, your email or you, you target people who visit your website which would include people who are on your email list um, and you also maybe create organic content so there I'm, I'm hitting them in, in multiple directions and if I announce this this new um, launch today with an email and they just also happen to see or been served an ad that they may not have seen and the same then they converted then Facebook reports a conversion I mean that Basically, I, I'm okay with that, that, you know, saying that there's some contribution there. It's just, it's definitely murky. And I don't, it just seems like Facebook's kind of overselling that impression a little bit. I mean, well, I mean what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I hear you. I think we have in our control, you know, the ability to look at what you're talking about, you know, yeah. look at the comparisons between that. And I think not, not a lot of people know that you can do that. You know, you can go into your ad reports if you have the conversion pixel and you can customize that attribution window. Uh, and I know you've talked about this before, but you can you can look at that and you can customize it. And I think that's an important thing, right? Arming us with data. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is a lot of people that I've spoken with, a lot of clients, uh, a lot of people in, the, in, in other you know, agency style uh, work struggle with um, telling their clients about the contribution of that impression because it is harder to measure. Yeah. You know, and Facebook is, um, they're uniquely positioned to be able to track how we do to travel across devices more than I would, I think, even Google at this point because people are logged in on their mobile device. Uh, and so if they are going to make changes, more changes, excuse me, than they have, which is what we talked about, uh, you know, they, they've made changes two weeks ago, I think it was, and Marketing Land wrote, quote, if you're a marketer and you're tracking direct traffic on mobile, that number went down and Facebook's referral number just went up. Hmm. And they continued saying, quote, marketers are more dependent on Facebook than they realize and they, these changes aren't small. Chartbeat actually said that mobile traffic after this cleanup, mobile traffic on Facebook increased across their clients that they tracked by 40%. Wow. So what I, the, the argument that I'm trying to make in this is, and, and I don't have many, there, you know, it's not like there's a super hard conclusion here on <laughs> the impression thing, but I think it's important that we make that case. Yeah. That, that one, this is getting better, and, and two, uh, the impression is something we should consider in the value of what we're doing. What other, just because we can track direct click on Facebook, yeah. doesn't mean that we should discount that impression in reference to how we measure other things. I mean, we may see, if you think about the way you measure email marketing, mm -hmm. email marketing, you measure it on opens, right? Right. Okay. And, and, and to s some people are sophisticated enough where they know read times and things like that, but most people are measuring it on the open. Okay. And that's considered a success metric and then you consider the click-throughs and the conversions that come from that. You know, we talk about in Facebook conversions and clicks. We should talk about to make sure that we understand the full effect of that spend, the, the reach. And we should yeah. talk about the impression. How many people did that show up to? And you know, maybe it, maybe it didn't drive a lot of conversions that we can track, but it's important to consider that in terms of the success and looking at that. You know, and we may, and maybe down the road, a client would be willing to model to say, look, we're going to increase our conversion numbers by an eighth because we know that there was another, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, there's another, let's say, 15% conversions that we know that we're not going to be able to track that came from Facebook because we were able to know that later on. Right. So this is the type of thing. I mean, I get your point. I'm, I'm also. I'm not trying to say we should measure impressions as the holy grail here, right. but I do think it's important to bring that up in the discussion because as we fight for value, this is only going to get better. But it's also going to prove to people that Facebook is that long game. How can you? Right. You can't even measure. I mean, absolutely. That's crazy. So I think that's really my ultimate point here, and I think it's one that's worth bringing up. I think I think that is a really good point, and that. I mean, first of all, there's all kinds of stuff going on that's, that is fuzzy. Fuzzy math, uh, you know, as we used to hear about. Uh, that, that is really hard to measure, that, that, that especially when you go to clients and we're trying to say the success of something, it's tough to go to them with some of this fuzzy data because um, we don't completely know. Whereas what's, 
what you what's easy to focus on is like okay how many clicks and how many conversions came from that click we know what happened there but there's so but you can't just rely on that because like you said there's so many underlying things happening so this whether it's a view through as we saw with stuff that's difficult to measure like mobile traffic and referrals some of that wasn't being measured uh, uh, or reported accurately so I even go back to, to like my experiment I mean this was um, a very it's a controlled experiment ultimately because we we're looking at a two-month period where I could still measure how much revenue came out of this thing because I was funneling people directly down the line if you read tip one if you read the uh, clicked on the first ad you went to tip one if you, if you clicked on tip one you go to tip two if you go all the way through, you go to this webinar, go through this webinar, you get this uh, discount on PHC membership, Membership. then I add up all the amount of people who bought that PHC membership at the discount, and I know what my ROI is. But that's really neat and easy. Ultimately, it's not usually that way. So like when people talk, ask me, like when I'm playing the long game, I'm promoting blog posts. It's like, how do you measure ROI on that? I really don't. I, I, there's just some stuff I don't. Like I, I promote my blog post and trying to drive more and more traffic to my site because I know that those people who are at my site, uh, when I run ads to them again to promote a product or an opt-in, they're much, much more likely to participate. So end of the day, there are certain things that <laughs> I don't want to say go by your gut. Like I, I, I'm a, I'm a st- stats-based guy. And I hate Ron Renicky because he goes by his gut managing the Brewers. I know that's a reference that everyone's going to get. But you, you've, there's certain things where you know it's working. You know that, uh, for example, targeting website visitors leads to more success. So it's good to drive more website traffic end of the day. Measuring that with a hard number sometimes just isn't that easy. Totally. I agree. Cheers. All right, so speaking on the topic of, of measurement, that takes me to, to one final topic that's related to topic data. So, so Facebook made this announcement during the last week of this product that I'm still trying to get my arms around, um, you know, until I can actually have hands on with this. Is, I have a tough time explaining exactly what it does, but in a nutshell, this is kind of what it is. So they have this partner, uh, DataSift, that Facebook's going to send their firehose of anonymous information to. So all their posts, you know, but it's going to be anonymous. I guess it's going to strip out all the usernames associated with it, any personal data, whatever. Again, I don't know what that looks like, what that kind of feed looks like that they're sending to DataSift. But then other third-party developers can partner with DataSift. So we got all these third parties working together. Um, so you can't get this directly from Facebook. As a user, you, I don't even think you're going to be able to get this directly from DataSift. You're going to get it, have to get it from a third party working with the fire hose from DataSift that gets it from Facebook. Nice and clear? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so this data uh, is ultimately my understanding. Uh, so it's not going to even give you like a, a list of like all these posts or anything like that. It, I mean, how these third parties use it will be up to them. But ultimately, it's going to be things like, you know, how many people are talking about my brand right now? How many people are using these words in their posts? Uh, did you say it includes uh, Facebook Messenger, too? 
It does not. What, okay. what they say is um, with topic data, quote, we've grouped data and stripped personal information from Facebook activity, not including Messenger, to offer insights on all the activity around a topic. Uh, so their examples are a business selling hair defrizzing product can see demographics on the right. people talking about humidity's effects. Uh, so what this is essentially allowing us, allowing, you know, I mean, we don't have it yet. Obviously, it's only available through partners, uh, uh, PMDs and things like that. But but what um, what they're saying is it's going to allow us to look in and say, oh, this is the language people are using. This is, you know, we want to build our messaging to match and to answer the types of questions they're asking. Um, and so, okay, this is basically what people are talking about now. This is the type of clothing they like. And it's based on the Facebook data. Right. You know, as you brought this up, I actually think that this is what they are already doing slightly with interest targeting. Um, so, you know. We think, we think. That, that's I, that's I, such I a vague thing too. I, the, the way they define interest targeting. So for example, like when the interest, uh, excuse me, when the topic data comes out and you're looking for people talking about um, about the the air being humid and messing with their hair, does that mean what can I target then, interest wise that would lead to me reaching those same people who are talking about the humidity and the air and messing with their hair about my hair defrizzing, which is a really random product, my hair defrizzing con uh, product. You know, I, I'm still not sure well, if they're connected yes, directly. Think, well, it's a little bit specific, but what I'm saying is we know that on interest targeting they gather things like let's say I know I don't. Uh, like GoPro's Facebook page, but I upload right. videos all the time of using a GoPro. Yeah. I'm going to be in that category. So it, they're doing it at a broader level, uh, and this one's probably going to be more specific. So you probably, I would guess, since they're using specific examples like this, you're going to be able to search, um, you know, keep phrases and things like that that right. are across and what types of words pop up. Uh, you know, and you can do this more easily with the Twitter API, which is how tools. Um, exist that you're able to look at keywords that people are using and things like that. Facebook is trying to keep this in house, um, probably. So they're going to, you know, use it like this. Well, um, yeah, but here's the question for me. So, and this would make the most sense. So I don't know why they use this hair defrizzing product as an example, but if we use that as an example here, if you have a, a tool that says you have this many t people talking about this, I hope that same tool then allow me to target those exact people, because otherwise it's it's just, there's a disconnect there. You're like, oh, I have this great information now. How exactly do I take advantage of it? I would imagine that they're going to allow you to use that for advertising. Um, you know, basically it's it says it says turning data into actionable insights is one of the phrases that they use here. Um, so you know. Basically, you're going to be able to, I would say, create an ad off of it. I, I would imagine it's going to look kind of like a, it'll be able to target in a power editor. You'll be able to say create an ad, things like that. Because otherwise, why why would you do this, in, you know, kind of creation? I mean, it, I would imagine it will live eventually kind of like an audience insights style tool where you right. could create a save target group or something like that off of it. Uh, but I, I do think it's really big because it allows for real time information in, in targeting. So... I think that's one of the things that Facebook has, has, has not struggled with but has lacked slightly is that immediacy factor right. of what's being said right now. Um, you know, and Twitter has that more, right? Even though the, the um, amount of people that use Twitter is a lot less, they have that immediacy. And so I think 
Facebook is um, is kind of getting that with the trending and, and they're getting there. So this is their advertising way to get into that and their foot in the door. Yeah, and, and I think the, the last point I'm going to make is that in a weird way, I don't know why I'm thinking of this of, on an SEO level, but I think this could actually really, really help on, on SEO because if, for example, you know that based on these reports, a ton of people are talking about this one topic, that's probably a good topic to write about right now on your blog. And so I think there are going to be a lot of different uses for this. Uh, be kind of open-ended, but lots of different ways we can use it. Again, we're just kind of struggling to figure out how, because I don't think I don't know if anyone has access to it right now. But uh, more progress is always good. All right, Andrew. I think uh, I I'm done drinking my chunks. How about you? I am getting there as well, my friend. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today on the podcast on the construction, that, that uh, drilling and sawing or whatever came up at, on cue there. Construction edition. A construction edition. Um, I'll see you soon in San Diego. So for everybody, the plan is, I and mean, we'll see what happens when we get there, we're going to do a bunch of little bit, uh, bite-sized uh, pubcasts when we're out there. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But I look forward to seeing you, my man. All right. Look forward to seeing you as well. Take right. care. Take care. All right, that was awesome. Thanks again, Andrew, for being on the show and uh, for wearing your hard hat on this week's construction edition of the Social Media Podcast. Um, you know, just a quick heads up, anyone who's going to be in San Diego, and uh, again, depends on when you're hearing this, but for Social Media Marketing World, give us a shout, man. I'll be hanging around with Andrew and my friend John, John Robinson. We'll be the three amigos. And uh, you may even see us running around with a beer, too, uh, recording some impromptu uh, social media podcasts. It'll be lots and lots of fun. But uh, that's about it for today. Uh, one last thing we've mentioned. We, every week we talk about the, uh, the, the Power Hitters Club. Great for advanced Facebook marketers. And if that's you and you want to join us, just go to johnlumber.com slash phc. Hey, and use this private little uh, promo code no one else knows about except for you as a PubCast listener, Pub10, and you'll get a discount, either $10, $10 off the monthly or $100 off the annual. So thanks again for dropping by. Until next time, do awesome things. Bye-bye.